previously on the Infinite Escape Room. Could I give my lovely penis a yank, please? Yanking all the things in this. Seems bigger than everyone else's. <laughs> I didn't spend seven years in <laughs> suspiciously sticky. <laughs> oh, good lord. If you're not drunk by now, shame on you. Welcome to the Infinite Escape Room, the puzzling podcast where a gaggle of chums come together, have a drink, and work together to solve a homemade escape room of the ears. I'm Mike, your host, and I am drinking a Boland Brewery Pilsner. Uh, it's a very, very nice, clean uh, lager, which I picked up a case of uh, when I was up in Clitheroe last week um, uh, at their brewery. I was very much taken with it. Uh, it was very, very tasty. And Clitheroe itself was absolutely lovely. And joining me this fine summery evening, we have... I'm Ben Levy-Griffiths, uh, and this week I'm drinking uh, McEwen's Champion, uh, an award-winning premium beer um, from somewhere, I suppose. Yeah. Uh, but it's lovely. I like it. That's why I bought it. Three years of beer review podcasting. <laughs> and I'm John, and I've just noticed for the first time ever, given the amount of episodes we've done, that Mike, whilst he's doing the intro, closes his eyes when he speaks, which is very strange to witness. There's um, <laughs> there's an element of sort of him going all zen as he. When do you um, notice it? You 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 begin to notice that actually he closes his eyes every time he speaks. <laughs> wow. Has it come to this? Yeah. Just don't don't get him walking and talking because he bumps into all sorts of things. I am drinking a <sighs> Tonkoko. I hope I've said that right. Yeah, Tonkoko Milt Stout from Brew York. Uh, here we go. <laughs> it's actually quite hoppy for a stout, um, but I'm okay with it. Yeah, that's grand. That's grand. Not too, not too much. Your initial face said you really couldn't make your mind up about it. Yeah, it was just slightly unexpected. I've become very, very set about what, what to expect from Milk Stout because that's pretty much what I drink. Um, so every now and again, when, some, when one of them wrong foots me even a little bit, I go, oh. No, I, had a, I went to uh, the Tiny Rebel Brewery the other day and I I ordered what I thought was a um, an oat milk stout, which I thought, oh, that sounds quite nice. Because I imagine it's not oat milk, it's because it, it's that milk stout. It just means they shove it with lactose. But it's probably got oats in it, which normally makes it sort of creamy. And I got given this thing that looked like, I, it looked like vomit that had had the bits filtered out. Oh, now you're selling it. And I, it tasted, it smelled so sour, which again, went with the sort of vomit vibe. Gave it a little little um, uh, sip and it was it was foul. Um, and I later realised that it was not a uh, milk stout that I had ordered. It was a milk IPA, oh my which God. I would just stay away from because it was IPAs, in my mind, are not... Um, Fit for drinking. Earth anyway, yes. Um, and, and this thing fooled me and uh, and I hated it. It was awful. I, I literally took a sip and, and left the rest oh, of the Oh, Ben, I'm right there with you. Down with all IPAs everywhere. Burn them all. I'm going to stand up in defence of IPAs. They're lovely and fruity and hoppy. That's not an IPA. Yeah, you're not <laughs> well, drinking one. Is, you're waving this it is around. The thing. That's not an IPA. Oh, well, I know this is the thing. Yeah, I, at the moment I'm gravitating more towards lagers. I'm in a real lagery uh, groove at the moment. I'm just really liking nice, clean lagers. Um, I think as much as anything, because like you have one tin of like a really good IPA, and that's it. You're done because it's changed like you know the makeup of your stomach acid or something. Your, your mouth has sort of imploded on itself. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I'm sorry, but for me, the IPA, much like bifold doors and hybrid cars, is just, it's over. Stop it. <laughs> just stop it. It's done. 
John, there's a lot to unpack in that statement. We want British beers for British people. No, I just want... <laughs> and petrol engines. No, coal. Back to the Victorian era. No, electric. Uh, and bifold, bifold doors. doors. Won't have doors in the future. Nah. <laughs> Bit of corrugated iron. That'll keep the Germans out. Uh, will it keep the cold out, we ask you? Because and it's going to be really cold this puzzle. week. <laughs> today's puzzle, escape the looming energy crisis. <laughs> Actually, I say looming. Escape the energy crisis we're currently in. Um... Anyway, sorry, we're massively off topic. Uh, but before we get any more off topic, I should first thank our fabulous, lovely, wonderful, glorious, uh, brilliant, smashing, fantiblioso, biscuit-flavoured patrons. And in particular, three of them, Jade Shaw, Tonya Beatty Harvelson, and Maggie B. Thank you so much, yourselves specifically, and to all of our patrons less specifically, for helping to keep the show on the metaphoric road, the blather in our giblets, um, and the... The corrugated um, iron over the gaping hole in our house. Yes. Yes, God, if ever there was a metaphor for Brexit. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, uh, what is the infinite escape room? You could well be wondering at this point. Well, let me tell you. It's like any regular escape room you may be familiar with. However, unlike other escape rooms, which are made of matter, uh, like, you know, ephemeral stuff, what you can touch and fondle and twiddle with your thumbs, this one happens purely in neurons in your head and between your ears and our mouths and some internet. That's right. It's an audio escape room of the ears delivered. Oh, thanks for that, Ben. Uh, delivered via the internet a podcast form. I've just explained what a podcast is very complicatedly. It's an audio escape room of the ears. Uh, each week, one of us creates an escape room and the others will try and solve it. If they can't escape within the allotted period of time, then they will lose and terrible, bum-smellingly felchy things will happen to them. Every room in the infinite escape room links into the next in one big, never-ending escape experience adventure. Anyway, are you ready, gentlemen? Yes. Yes. Then let us enter the infinite escape room. Last time, you could feel time slow down as you spoke the intro to the podcast. You could almost see your words as sound waves travelling into the microphone, through the cable, and into the tape recorder. The buzzing of fluorescent lights got louder as the lights got brighter and brighter. Soon, you were surrounded by blistering whiteness. As the light returns to normal, you could hear the cawing of seagulls above you. Oh, blistering whiteness. We must be in Margate. And the warmth of water... (laughs) The warmth of a lovely turd floating past. Um, And the warmth of water at your feet and the pinch of rubber beneath your back. You had rebooted the universe, but without a tangible location to grab onto, it had dumped you in the middle of the ocean, with nothing but a bag of chips and an oversized inflatable pool ring for company. You drifted along for several hours... You've had a well-deserved nap. You wake up and you eat the chips. They're a little bit soggy and they've gone sweaty in the bag. You toss the rest of the bag overboard and are surprised to see a very large crocodile snap them out of the air before bibbling back beneath the water. I don't think there's ever been some nice food on the Infinite Escape Room. Every time food gets mentioned, it's terrible. If it's chips, they're soggy. If it's like a burger, it will be dry. It's never good. There are definitely certain foods that should be sweaty, though. Like a pork pie should be sweaty. No, that's a sign of a bad pork pie, surely. Pork pie should be sweaty, as should uh, corned beef sandwiches. <laughs> Disagree on both counts, but okay, sure. I mean, there shouldn't be corned beef sandwiches at all. Like That is, as, as a vegetarian, that is one of the things I miss. How? Corned beef and English mustard sandwiches. <laughs> I, that would turn me vegetarian, the prospect of a corned beef sandwich. <laughs> All the bits of a cow the cow didn't want. Um, You look around you. The sea appears to have washed you into some sort of river. 
and someone has spoilt what otherwise would have been a lovely desert skyline with a lot of very big stone triangles. The sea has washed us into a river. Mike, are you aware how rivers work? <laughs> the tide has washed you into a river, a tidal river. Are you happy, John? Could be the River Seven because oh. that's that is tidal. Fine, fine. I, I won't. I won't check to see if this particular <laughs> river is um, is tidal. Is it a real river? It's not the River Seven, then. Well, let me go through the intro and I'll tell you. You might find out. A man on the bank sees you and waves a little bow and arrow in a friendly manner. You pass a lot of reeds, fields of barley, and a lot of very smug-looking cats, and a big sign that says "Welcome to Alexandria" in Greek, Phoenician, Egyptian hieroglyphs. And thank God, English, because that's how you read it. Your GCSE in Cockney rhyming slang comes back to you. Crocodile. Adrift in the Nile. Your dinghy comes to rest on the shore. You get out to stretch your legs and look for crispier chips. No chips present themselves, but something shimmering on the horizon catches your attention. Is it the end of this intro? Could it be a distant five guys ready to serve you a paper bag of salty wonder or perhaps a gaggle of Deliveroo drivers dabbing their willies into the dip pots of their deliveries? Nope, it appears to be some manner of barbarian horde. An old man grabs you. Hey, I'm Alexander, so I am, and I'm bloody brilliant. (laughs) No, great. Want some heroes? Uh, Hummus, eh? He waves a sword loosely in the air, which is adorned with well-seasoned meat. Them bloody barbarians is coming, isn't they? Probably wondering if I'll pay back all the money I borrowed from the Visigoths. I'm bloody brilliant, though, so I'll fight them off. But you should hide in here in the meantime. He pushes you inside a nearby stone building and looks in on you. Ah, oh, don't worry about me. I'm invincible apart from my bloody ankle. He necks a quick pint of tzatziki and slams what? the door in front of you. You hear it lock. Stop. There's... Stop. First of we all, we started in Jamaica and now we're somewhere around London. <laughs> I mean, we've been, that was like Greek London. Okay. And also, have you mixed up Alexander and Hercules? And Sorry, Achilles. Bear with me for a second. Okay. There is silence for a moment. <clears throat> I'm going to go. Boy, guys, oh no, my ankle. <laughs> I'll go back to the bit. Don't worry about me. I'm invincible apart from my bloody ankle. <laughs> Next, a quick pint of Ziki slams the door in front of you. You hear it lock. There is silence for a moment, followed by the sound of a man being punctured by 700 arrows. Oh, hang on, that was Achilles, wasn't it? Oh. Then silence. You look at the building into which you have been shoved. There are papyri, a lot of papyri. If you had to guess, you'd say between 40 and 400,000. You may well be in ancient Egypt, in Alexandria, in a library. There's a barbarian horde on its way. You know how this ends. You have 35 minutes before they arrive. And your time starts now. (laughs) (laughs) Now, I should very quickly check. Do you guys know what happened to the Library of Alexandria? I'm guessing it got burned down. Basically. That's that's always what happens to libraries. Always. They never get... Barbarian horde. They never get carefully dismantled and sold, do they? They They never get turned into a tasteful cafe. They get burned down. Could have been, yep, yeah, world's greatest library could have been the world's greatest Starbucks. Okay, what can we see around us? <laughs> so, I've, I've just got this thing of like the, how, how the, the, the British government uh, burning down libraries is a bit too, uh, a bit too sort of obvious for, uh, for, for getting them out of public funding. What we'll do is we'll turn them into cafes that we can charge tax on. 
<laughs> and then we won't collect that tax mm-hmm. because it, they're offshore. They're held offshore in Ireland or something. <laughs> Bloody Starbucks. Sorry. O- offshore cafes in your local area. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you, you joke, but but yeah. Yeah, that's accurate. Aren't there oil rigs with like McDonald's and things on them? What? I thought you said Madonna. <laughs> yeah, that's that's the one. No, McDonald's. Anyway, sorry, I'm getting off topic. John, um, looking around, uh, you can see that you're in a large space uh, built from enormous chunks of limestone and illuminated by bright rays of sunlight angled in through a distant roof. Uh, You appear to be in the atrium within this space. Now, directly before you are some life-size statues of the muses. The Greeks like to uh, dedicate their libraries to muses. All of them, the four muses? Uh, well, I, 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 we'll get to that in a moment. Um, also, by the way, it's, it's the etymology, uh, muse, uh, musea, uh, museum. Oh. Museum comes from. So it's from where they used to um, dedicate their libraries to muses. To your left is the library proper, which has several long aisles with racks upon racks, papyri. And to your right is the librarian's couch. Can we investigate the librarian's couch? Knew you go to the last one. I'm going to scroll down my bloody document now. <laughs> okay, you pop over to the librarian's couch. It's your classic sort of Greek-slash-Roman reclining couch, Mm. clearly, for the librarian, along with a hand-painted sign reading, This is Renewals! Fiction and reference, you'll find plenty of both in here. This is Renewals. Fiction and reference, you'll find plenty of both in here. They don't appear to be around, though, and have instead left uh, just a rather large, round, brass-polished shield. Uh, there's nothing else at all. It's a bit Spartan. Hey, very good. Um, can we pick up the shield? Yep, sure. It's uh, your classic Spartan shield. It's made of layered brass, wood and leather, uh, with the brass polished to such a shine that you can see your face all kind of grotesquely stretched in it. And there was, uh, I bet it's shiny, therefore we could potentially um, redirect some Ooh, sunlight yes. going down to the shafts. Hmm. Was that it? Did we escape? Ta-da! <laughs> Okay. Maybe if we torch the library first, then that's the answer. Burn down before the foreigners <laughs> get there. Was no, there was no deposit. <laughs> <laughs> this is true. We have free reign. Um, can we go back and look at the muses? Uh, so you go back to the uh, the atrium and take a look at the uh, the statues of the muses, and you see nine statues of the muses. Contemporary uh, sort of accounts uh, sort of vary on how many there are, but the popular um, number seems to be nine. Uh, they're made of finely carved marble and are themselves on a large marble plinth. Uh, each of the muses has their name and sacred paten- uh, patronage carved into the base. Okay, list them. We have Calliope, patron of erotic poetry. Cleo, patron of history. You, I wish I'd learned how to pronounce these. Could you put these in the chat, please? Yeah. No, I'm going to pronounce them badly first. <laughs> Euterpe, <laughs> flutes and music. Thalia, uh, comedy and pastoral poetry. Urania, astronomy. Dokopi, uh, Happyopi, Sleepyopi, and Dopiopi. Um, no. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Uh, so Do- Dopiopi um, is the patron of uh, the 12 page book of instructions you get with paracetamol. Uh, Happyopi hey. is the uh, patron of uh, Haynes Manuals. Sleepyopi, patron of learning. And Dopiopi, uh, patron of tabloid opinion pieces. All but one of the muses is holding an unlit torch, with the exception of Urania, who is holding an amphora to her breast. What's an amphora? Kind of like a jar. Is it empty? It appears to be sealed. You don't know what's inside. The torches are all held aloft, with the exception of the muses, 
who appear to be asleep, where the torches are instead held at their side. Yes, some of the muses appear to be asleep. And I'm going to give you all of that information in the chat. And the torches are made of marble? Yes. Okay. Uh, but they do appear to, they appear to be unlit, but do appear to have a kind of uh, uh, sort of a, a torchy torch bit at the end. Well, I like the Statue of Liberty. Yeah, like, you know, the, the end could could torch. Oh, okay, right. Okay, so that is what I'm thinking, is that we might have to use the shield to redirect sunlight onto the, the torch bits. Mm, you may be right there, Ben. <laughs> okay. So Calliope with erotic poetry is asleep. Clear with history is awake. Euterpe, flutes and music awake. Da, 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 da. Okay, should we try that? Do you think we could find a shaft of sunlight and see if we can redirect it at one of the um the sleeping ones? I guess it with the back of the is is the back of the shield also shiny? The back of the shield is indeed shiny. Yes, it's polished to cool. a fine polish. Well, only because like you might be able to like get like the whole satellite dish. Oh, with the concave. Yeah. Um. Thing. Okay. Can we give that a try? Can we find a, a sharp of sunlight and uh, I don't know. I'm feeling like some erotic poetry personally. So if we could uh, redirect said sharp of sunlight towards Calliope. Okay, you do so. Um, you go back to the, the sort of the very centre of the atrium where the shaft of sunlight is spilling down, and you, as Ben said, hold the concave side of the uh, the shield towards that light, collecting and focus it, and shine the focused reflecting bit of light into. Was it Calliope's? Yes, Calliope's torch. The torch hisses, fizzes, smokes, and bursts into life. Hey, well done, Ben. As you light this torch with the mirror, the statue of the muse Urania shivers and sheds fine dust as the mechanisms within whir into life. The eyelids of the marble statue creak open and the amphora she is holding is lifted aloft, on level now with the torches of the other muses. Okay. I. So is Urania awake now? She now appears to be awake. Okay. Um... There's uh, there's one more sleeping muse, and that is appropriate enough. Sleepyope. Should we try and wake her up as well? I think so. Okay, let's do the same to Sleepyope. Okay. Uh, you light the torch, and the torch is lit, but nothing happens. Um. So the amphora that Urania is holding is now held aloft. Um. It's still sealed, though. Yes. That's correct. Yes. Hmm. Shall we go and have a look at the library proper? Yes. Why not? You potter off to have a proper look at the library. I've just remembered something that I was going to interrupt for earlier, but I thought I'd interrupt now. Um, the, the only reason that I can spell museum is because of the game Reister, uh, because the cheat code was museum. I Before, I had no idea how to spell museum and got the E in the wrong wrong place. Oh, okay. How do you smell museum for listeners at home who can't spell museum? Well, if I had a copy of Reister here. <laughs> <laughs> M-U-S-E-U-M. <laughs> cool. I mean, does anybody know any uh, Library of Alexandria stuff does, does I, it, what, what do people... I know it was massive and that's it i feel we're in terrible danger of being in an actual proper room ben ben do you know much about the library of alexandria none at all other than it's all made up <laughs> well I, we'll have we'll, we'll do a bit of trivia on it no, like, like australia no it doesn't really exist <laughs> well i mean ben's probably not too far off like it, it's it's definitely mythical it existed in some way shape or form but it has definitely been bigged up uh, throughout the centuries it was kind of regarded as just a very quick bit of background knowledge alexander the great obviously went a conquering and conquered like an absolute shitload of stuff and never lost the places well in one of the places he ended up um as he went through he set up lots of, sort of cities and outposts and things and one of the places he did that was Alexandria in Egypt. 
um, and it ended up being kind of like a sort of a forward post of Greece almost. And one of the things that Egypt was great at was producing papyrus. So it became kind of this library where they collected a huge amount of um, learning knowledge and sort of, it was kind of all of a, a copy of just about everything that had been written down in the day by all accounts um, was there. Now kind of popular sort of history and mythology says that it was like, oh, this sort of towering, incredible mega thing. And, you know, in real, reality, it might just have been a, essentially a kind of big warehouse full of um, papyri. And it's not a library as we would, have un- we would understand a library either, as in like, you know, a, John couldn't just wander him, flash his library card and borrow something. <laughs> it would have been very much for, um, you know, the, the rulers and the elites to, uh, to peruse. More like uh, some of the more traditional academic libraries where you go there, there, is, there are um, texts that you read while you are there and you might copy things down from them, but the, the artefacts never leave that place. Kind of, yeah. And I think it's also, so li- these kinds of libraries were also sort of the early forms of museums as well. Mm. Um, so it's always you collect interesting things and knowledge and whatnot. It's all uh, anyway. Sorry, I'm getting. I could blather on about this ill-informedly all day. Um, so sorry. So uh, Ben wants to look at the library proper. So you go over to the library shelves, and there appear to be three main aisles. Uh, we are in the pre-Dewey decimal system, uh, and by the way, recently found out Dewey bit of a dick. Um, who knew? So everything has been sorted into one of three sections. The first is just a few racks of papyri and is labelled Engineering and Mathematics. The second is twice that size and is labelled Philosophy and Mythology. And the final section dwarfs both and stretches out into the far distance, shelves groaning under the weight of the accumulated knowledge of the ancient world. This section is labelled Homosexual Minotaur Erotica. Of course it is. The Greeks, they knew what they liked. <laughs> Sorry, they the did. second, that was philosophy and theology, was it? Uh, mythology. Mythology. Them and the Minotaurs, they were pretty horny. Badumpting. There it is. Ben's just crossed. I Benny's crossed because he didn't get that one. <laughs> See his little face coming. No, no, it's just like, that was... <laughs> was that beneath even <laughs> you? Really the... There's a bit of me that's like, that's very obvious. Is there a better one? <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah, John, you're too obvious. I'm sorry. <laughs> okay. Um, hmm. I mean, all I can think of to do is examine the, the shelves. I imagine the Minotaur erotica is probably not going to be relevant. Can we, like, look at the first? That feels like a bum steer. <laughs> can we oh, that's first? so good! Oh. <laughs> that's that's a, that's a good one. That's a really good one. Oh, well done. Sorry. <laughs> we'll have a look at the first one in in that section. Uh, okay, so you take a look at engineering and mathematics. No, no, no. The Minotaur erotica. Oh, okay. No. Sorry. <laughs> okay, sorry. So yes. Uh, uh, so Ben, you follow. Uh, well, okay. A well-trodden <laughs> path. Uh, good golly, this is not just a well-stocked section, but it's also very well-worn. Uh, the stones between the shelves have been worn smooth by the passage of many feet in many sandals. And it turns out that the ancient Greeks were very good at being clever and inventing culture, but they were also prolific furry erotica generators. God. One particular papyrus sticks out from the rack, which catches your attention. I'm going to put... The text of it into the chat now. If one no of you pictures, would be so good, please. yeah. <laughs> well, if one of you would be so good as to read it, <clears throat> can, can you mimic that accent, John? That uh, that <laughs> Mike did earlier. <laughs> no, no, I cannot. Um, okay, this is minus the monitor. 
Fuck you, Mike. Um, okay. it's, it's, it's pronounced Sex and Felchides, if that's any help. It's not. Um, Sex and Felchides held the Minotaur, <laughs> ass kicking, ass kissing, enveloped their horns, a long, intense age. The Minotaur sucked hoof, and the Minotaur never doubted. The Minotaur obliged his gargle obligations dreamily. More overt ravishing extemporized the Minotaur. Okay, so this is definitely some sort of code because this makes no sense. Uh, what do you mean makes no sense? It's incredibly steamy. I've had to put a flannel over myself. If you look at just the end of lines, it says, Long the ravishing Minotaur. <laughs> <laughs> what? Don't know if that's relevant. <laughs> or maybe it's just the wrapping in uh, in my Discord. It yeah, is just, just the wrapping. wrapping. <laughs> I'm not getting that at all. I really hope there's nothing to do with like the length of lines in this, Michael, <laughs> because otherwise you have fucked it. Um, okay. Sex and families on the minotaur. Ask kissing about the whole uh, Maybe we it's should not better when you read it quietly, is it? No. Maybe we should. Tooth and the minotaur never doubted. The minotaur obliged his gargle obligations dreamily. More overt ravishing extemporized the minotaur, and more overt ravishing is 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 in speech marks. It's what the minotaur says. That's right. John Saunders is available for audible narration of. Greek mythological pornography. <laughs> but nothing else. <laughs> nothing else. I draw the it's line. A specialist. <laughs> Sorry, Ben. Okay. There, um, there's something here about flogging a dead minotaur. It's not it's not um <laughs> I don't think there's anything here. I think I don't think we're gonna do any better than bum steer, mate. That was just too good. Uh don't worry, Ben. One day you'll join me in the sun. Uh should we go to the next uh the next library uh, bit shelf rack? I don't know. Yes. Should we go back to engineering, because that's where Mike started. Yes. Okay. So you uh, trot out into a slightly less well-visited part of the library and wind up in the engineering and mathematics section, something that the uh, the Greeks were very good at. Again, you look around and you see the combined knowledge of the ancient world, uh, which is, let's be fair, just mostly Greek um, at this point. They didn't invent all of it, but you know they were good at writing it down and carrying it forwards. Mm. You notice one papyrus in particular sticking out from the rack. May we see it? You may. And I'll pop it into the text channel. Ben, do you want to take this one? Sure. Oh, for fuck's sake. I get Minotaur porn, he gets <clears throat> this. Practical maths with Archimedes. Jesus. Ho there, fellows. Your old boy Archimedes, the bloke that brought you the best screw of your life. Oh, no, we're back. Know what I mean? <laughs> I'm back again with some more of my top mathematical engineering and inventoring solutions to life's little problems. We've done measuring the density of gold. We've done levers. And today we're going to do Romans. That's right, bloody Romans. One minute you're, rib one <laughs> one minute you're nibbling hummus out of a boy's belly and the next thing you know, <laughs> 500 bloody Romans show up <laughs> in a load of horrible, horrible bloody boats. I'm really enjoying that Mike has written this phonetically so he's writing bloody uh, but yeah, it, and insists on keeping it. <laughs> Yes, look. <laughs> yes, they look good in those uh, their skirts, but they're a pain in my ass. Not the type I'd like from old Dickenses, if you know what I mean. Dickenises. Anyway, Dickenises. Sorry, <laughs> uh, and not the type I like from old Dickenises, if you know what I mean. Anyway, here's how you get rid of the Romans in your harbour: concave mirrors and a bit of Helios's fine sunlight. Just give a walk a bit of a spit polish, hold it up to the at the sun. 
and you can focus the beam into the bloody laser beam bloody. that sets fire to the sails. How, you might ask? It's bloody maths and bloody. physics in it. You're, t- <laughs> you're taking all that lovely diffuse energy and focusing it in on a single point. And you can take my word for it, because I'm Archimedes. And that appears to be it. You can't fit much on a papyrus. And I thank you, Ben. Thank you for John for noticing. I did write that phonetically. And then... Ben happened. Ben butchered it. It should have been. <laughs> oh, there, fellows. Here, old boy Archimedes here. The bloke who bought you the best crew oh of your life. Now what God. I mean? You know, that could have been... Oh, my God. Real bloke in the market oh. stuff. How have I become the one with the reputation that I will get this show cancelled? How how is that me when he's writing this stuff? My God! Okay. I, I kind of thought the way I started out, if I suddenly started going bloody, it it wouldn't really fit. <laughs> <laughs> Mike, you've lost us the Greek audience, both of them. Okay, well, so this is instructions on how to do what we've already done. Done, yes. I. Hmm. Yeah, but I am very glad that Ben read it again. That was <laughs> okay. Should we go to the third rack? Okay, uh, you pop over to the well. It's actually sort of the middle rack, but the final one for yourselves. Uh, and these appear to be the philosophy and mythology shelves. Okay, um, the Greeks famously loved a bit of philosophy. They invented it, probably. You know, you got the old Socrates, Plato, all that lot, just sitting around having a good old thing all day, and then being like, "Hey, philosophy." Within the racks of papyri, uh, one particular scroll appears to stick out uh, and grabs your attention. Can you show it to us? Why, well, I, I absolutely can. Do you want to? You grab it out. Yes, I I grab it out. I grab it out of your rack. Oh, just bloody it, hell! I just put it into the. Okay. Uh... Right here we go. Title: Philosophy is all just a load of hard questions in it by Socrates. <laughs> Hello, it's me. Who I hear you ask? Good question. That's the Socratic method in action right there, and I invented it, so pay up. Five drachma will do just fine. Philosophy is just all the hard questions and things, isn't it? How long is a piece of string? What is the sound of one-hand clapping? Your regular Greek in the street, bit of Amos on his toga. He hears one of these questions, and his humours get all mixed up, and he explodes in a shower of flatbread. Shower of flatbread, Jesus Christ. <laughs> Not me, though. I'm the greatest philosopher probably ever. And I can tell you that one hand clapping don't make no sound because it's just sort of waving in the air. And the bit of string is probably however long you cut it, you silly bugger. Saying that, there's one odd question I haven't been able to answer yet. The riddle of Sumaria. A house on a foundation like the skies. A house one has covered with a veil like a secret box. A house set on a base like a goose. One enters it blind but leaves it seeing if you have any bright ideas to solve this send me a self-addressed papyrus with your suggestions and you won't be able to get it to me because royal men are on bloody strike (laughs) i'll get plato to send you some plates or something the only problem i had with that is that some of the h's were not uh pronounced and some of them were are you suggesting (laughs) that my accent was in any way inconsistent ben (laughs) oh of course not (laughs) <laughs> and that I'm, appears to be it once again. You can't fit much rambling on a bit of papyrus. <laughs> I mean, okay. that was just Cockney. That just sounded Cockney to me. I know. Uh, I was, <laughs> it sounded I'm not incredibly to do the like Greek the first thing. guy that uh, that Mike did. <laughs> uh, house based on a foundation like the skies. A house one has covered with a veil like a secret box. A house set on a base like a goose. One enters it blind but leaves it seeing. Hmm. 
Any ideas, Ben? Based on a foundation like the skies. So, oh, hang on. Uh, is that a boat? A house based on oh, a foundation thinking... like the skies. Blue. Because it's like the sea. Um, a house one is covered with a veil like a secret box, a sail. A house mm. set on a base like a goose. Mm, no. Like, set on a... Yeah. I mean, they swim. When you say it leaves it blind, but leaves it seeing, yeah, are you thinking no. like leaves on the sea? Seeing, I feel like I'm reaching with this. I don't. I mean, I, it, it's definitely a phonetic thing that doesn't translate well on papyrus. <laughs> if only there were some other formats. Um, just uh, if we have a nip back into each three of the sections again, there's no other papyrus that sort of jump out at us. I mean, there's a shit ton of papyrus there, but nothing else leaps out at you. If you want to pull some out, I'll happily make some nonsense up. But you have twelve minutes remaining. Go okay, on. so I. I think that I think that the Minotaur one is perhaps not important. I, I think the second mm, one with Archimedes uh, basically done. tells us what we've already done. And then uh, we don't happen to have five drachma on us, do we? Uh, no. Okay. House There's none down the with a veil. librarian couch. Box. Uh, no. Is there anywhere else for us to explore? I think you've explored pretty much everything you can explore. Oh, fuck. Hello, Editing Mike here. So John's oh fuck just then is something of a precursor. It all starts going a little bit wrong from here. Not for me, of course, but for John and Ben. Listen and enjoy as they collapse first as puzzle solvers and then as people. Mm, I'm set on a base like a goose. What is a goose on a base? Gooses swim? Gooses geese? What's the phrase about how, like, uh, oh, that's swans, isn't it? One enters it blind but leaves it sing. So, one enters it blind but leaves it sing. I, is this talking about a library? Yeah. Acquisition of knowledge. But I don't get the rest of it. A house based on a foundation like the skies. I mean, is the foundation of the skies just the earth? A house Lofty, one has covered maybe. with a veil, like a secret box. Like a secret box covered with a veil. Have we seen anything covered with a veil? No. Mm. <laughs> and then, would you have? Because it would have been covered with a veil. Fine, that's true. Okay, Have we yep. seen any veils? <laughs> You've seen no veils. Well, they've been covered with a veil. Uh, no, a veil. Oh, that's good. I'm wondering if we need to go back and just try and get that fucking thing out of Urania's hand. What do you think? They could try. Yeah, let's give it a bash. And Mike, can I, can I, can I clamber up Urania and try and reach into the Altherma? The what was it? Amphora. Amphora. Uh, you certainly can. You climb up. Urania, she's marble and doesn't mind. Hmm. And you try and reach into the amphora, which remains sealed. You just kind of caress the outside. You notice it has a slightly weird sheen to it, but uh, nothing else remarkable. Weird sheen? Could you... What, what, yeah. What does that mean? Nothing significant, but it's sort of sheeny. I wonder if... Can we try shining some of the light into the gla- in, into the amphora? Uh, sure. Uh, you get a very well-lit amphora. And I can't open it while he's doing that. That's correct. I mean, actually, it probably, you hear, you smell a slight as John's Burning. back starts cooking. Mm-hmm. Um, How about we we light all of the torches? We have. Uh, no, we've only, lit, we've only lit two, the two that were asleep. I thought the others were already burning. Nope. Oh, fuck. Okay, you light the remaining six torches. And they are all now lit. Anything happen? Anything happen? Uh, the room's gotten slightly brighter. 
Um, what was the sign that was on the uh, sofa, the couch again? Uh, this is renewals. Then something about fixtures and uh, fiction and reference. Uh, it it was. This is renewals. And then fiction and reference. You'll find plenty of both in here. And I don't want to send you down a rabbit hole with these, so I will tell you that these are slightly bastardized versions of quotes from the movie Three Hundred. Oh, and may not be puzzle critical, but did make me smile with the concept of a Spartan librarian. Uh huh. Oh right. Yes. Yes. Okay. No, I'm I'm getting that reference now. Because they Sorry. are throwing shoot. me down a well. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Is there cool. any hummus here? There is no hummus unless you brought any with you. Ah. I just uh, oh. two out of three things mention yeah. hummus. Oh, if you have any bright ideas to solve this. Eight minutes remaining. Would you like a clue? I hate asking for one. I hate it. But I am scratching my head, to be honest. What do you think, Ben? Clue? Sure. Clue, please. Okay. Give you a clue for the um, uh, the riddle. So this isn't a riddle I've written. This is actual um, genuine Sumerian riddle, which is why it was good. Which is why it's a bit... Sh- well, it, it's why it reads well, but it's also simultaneously a bit shit. I'd say that if you wanted to focus on a particular element of it, you might want to focus on the latter part. Okay, a house set on a base like a goose. One enters it blind but leaves it seeing. The opticians! opticians. <laughs> That's <laughs> right! Say that together? An- ancient Sumeria! <laughs> the birthplace of Spec Savers! <laughs> <laughs> I'm very happy we both did that at the same time. <laughs> uh, house one has come with a veil like a secret box. A uh, house set on a base like is a goose. Blind? Oh, why well, is it blind? Believes it's seeing. All I can think of is is library, like for acquisition of knowledge. And is it blind? Believes it's seeing. Set on a base like a goose. Is that is this the part of it that we should be? I'd say maybe focus on the latterist latter part. One enters it blind, but leaves it seeing. Hello, listeners. Editing Mike here. So the critical part of that riddle is one enters it blind, but leaves it seeing. Uh, You'll find the text for both this riddle and for the story of Minus the Minotaur in the show notes. Um, I'll give you a few moments yourselves to just ponder on those. You might find you need a piece of paper to solve the Minus the Minotaur one if you'd like to play along. And if not... I'll give you the solutions to these in a few moments. Yeah, I, I keep on going back to, to library. Oh, hang on. Hang on. The, uh, I'm looking back at the, um, the statues of the muses. Mm-hmm. Um, is it seeing? Is, there, is this something about like a sequence in which we have to like, do something to the statues? And is it blind, but is it seeing? Oh, it's not something about sleep, is it? You enter it by with your eyes closed, and then you wake up. Oh, seeing. fuck! It is. No, it's, it's not. It's, like, <laughs> what? He's got it. He's shaking his head. <laughs> really? Because that would have been really good. Really good. <laughs> no. I, I think that's really clever, Ben. <laughs> it, it is really clever. It is really clever. <laughs> I mean, apart from set on a base like a goose, which has me just absolutely stumped. I know. I like that so much. It stayed in. It wouldn't be a migraine uh, because you might go blind with a migraine. You take paracetamol. To get rid of it and <laughs> come out of the migraine. Uh, shall I give you a second clue? <laughs> oh, I feel so, yes. Okay, uh, which of your muses are still asleep? You have two muses still asleep. Oh, no, we have... We awakened Calliope. Yeah. Uh, uh, no, we didn't. But we awakened we, we, Sleepy. You lit Calliope's torch. And we woke Ur- uh, Urania. And we lit uh, the torch of... 
Oh, we have to read sleep. the poetry. We have to read the erotic poetry to Calliope and then read the um, philosophy bit to Sleepyope. That's what we have to do. Ah, there we are then. Hello, Editing Mike again here. So, while I haven't put Ben and John out of their misery, let me put you out of yours with some solutions. So, you may have already got it, in which case, jolly good for you. But, if you hadn't, uh, the key bit of the Riddle of Sumeria, at least as far as I'm concerned, is one enters it blind but leaves it seeing. They were pretty close with a library, but what's similar to a library? A school! A library probably would have been a better answer, considering where we've set this. But anyway... Uh, if they'd said a school, uh, then the statue would have activated. Uh, and by the way, I gave them the clue in that, uh, thinking about the muses and the statues because the appropriate one, uh, Sleepyope, uh, was the patron of learning. Learning. Learning, school, the rest. You know, the bits are all there. Now, with regards to the homosexual Minotaur erotica and the tale of Minus the Minotaur, uh, if you take a look at the show notes, you'll see that, uh, unlike the other texts, this one is all in caps, and it is basically nonsense. Uh, sexy nonsense, but nonsense. And as John correctly guessed at the beginning, it was indeed in a code. So, the story uh, is, uh, Sex and Felchides held the Minotaur, arse-kissing enveloped their horns, a long intense age, the Minotaur sucked hoof and the Minotaur never doubted. The Minotaur obliged his gargle obligations dreamily, more overt ravishing extemporised the Minotaur. Now, if one was to take the first letters from each of those words and put them down next to each other, one would get some absolute nonsense. Unless one, of course, minuses the Minotaur. Clues in the name, minus the Minotaur. If you take all of the instances of the Minotaur out of the uh, the sentence and then use the first letters, you get shake Thalia's hand. Oh God, more. Uh, the oh God, more there is just that I added some more Minotaur steaminess. So yes, if they had shaken Thalia's hand then the statue would have activated. And just this and solving the riddle was all they needed to do to solve the room. And as you're about to hear, they get achingly close. But anyway, let's rejoin them at their flailing. So uh, I'm going to take the erotic poetry, uh, run off to Calliope and say and, and read it. Section Felchides held the Minotaur ass, kissing enveloped their horns, a long, intense age. The Minotaur sucked hoof and the Minotaur never doubted. The Minotaur obliged his gargle obligations dreamily. More overt ravishing extemporized the Minotaur. Nothing happens. Fuck. Again, I'll direct you to the two asleep muses. Why not take a look at one of their... Patronages. Patronages? What, the erotic poetry for Calliope? Uh, yeah, if you look at the uh, the text I sent you originally for the muses, it showed you which was asleep, which was awake, their name, and the bit of the arts that they are the patron of. Yeah, so you just yeah. wrote... Calliope, just erotic poetry? Yeah. Yep. Okay, so... <laughs> <laughs> right, so, but I've just read the erotic poetry to the erotic poetry... I, th I think um, I think you, you've you've um, decided that reading erotic poetry to a marble statue is what's needed here. Okay. Oh, maybe I, you give it. Do you have to give it to, to Papyrus? Do I have to give it to Calliope? You, you 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 give it to Calliope. You now put a bit of Papyrus on an otherwise inert marble statue. Why not focus on the other one for a moment? Uh, Sleepyope. Okay, learning. Um, learning so sleep. we take the scroll from Archimedes and give it to Sleepyope. What do we? Where do we give it though? What do we? Shove it up its ass. It's marble. They've not carved an asshole. Shame. Um, does, does she have an a, a therma thingy, and or a torch? She's got a torch. We don't burn it in yep. the torch, do we? I, I wouldn't. There's probably only one copy. <laughs> okay, let's not do that. Um, oh God. Uh, 
how do we give it to her then? Do we read it? No, reading it didn't work with the other one. Supposing that we had read it. Nothing would have happened. Okay. Uh, I think you were on the right lines with solving the riddle earlier. You were very, very close to a solution. And I'd like to draw your attention once more to the patronages of the muses who are still asleep. Is it blind that leaves it see? Oh, um, can I read the erotic minotaur text to Sleepy Ope, please? You, you do. Nothing happens. Oh, okay. I thought maybe because they were blind to the other ones. Oh. But that, no. Can I read the riddle to Sleepy Ope? You can. Nothing would happen. Uh, He's learning. He's asleep. Comedy history. She's asleep. How did we? How did we wake up Calliope? We didn't. She's still asleep. We woke up Urania by lighting all the torch. Lighting the torch of Calliope. And Urania. And now all the now all of the torches are lit. Are we able to extinguish the torches in any way? Uh, You could if you wanted to. I wouldn't suggest you need to, but you can if you'd like to. Oh, there's something. I feel like it's staring us in the face and we're, we're not seeing it somehow. They don't have, like, masks or anything like that, do they? No. Ben, if I can encourage you to perhaps return to one of your earlier guesses as to the solution to the riddle, which was a library, and then to perhaps consult the patronages of the... Okay, users. so one of them, Sleepy Obey, is the patron, patron of learning, which surely is what what a library is all about. Yes, or... I mean, that could go engineering and maths, or it could go... Um, the philosophy and mythology. Um, do we take it to the library? <laughs> Massively overcomplicating this. You just need to solve the riddle. Just need to solve the riddle. When is it blind and leaves it seeing? Oh, did we say? Can we just shout library in front of them. Yeah, sure. Nothing happens. You weirdo. Oh. <laughs> um. Oh, when when is, is it blind and leaves it seeing? Oh, could we? Um, could I close my eyes, walk into the library, and turn around again what? with my eyes open and leave it? Editing Mike here. This was definitely the moment where I realised that while the puzzle was zigging, Ben and John were very much zagging. No? <laughs> I mean, you, you, you walk around in a circle, you bump into a shelf. <laughs> Let's think of literal. other places where one might do the things that you have described, Ben and John. Um, flutes, music, comedy, straw poetry, do astronomy. Other places where you previously said a library. Other places that would fulfil similar criteria. You've used Temple? all the words. Um, <laughs> Cons- I've now, I've now entirely forgotten everything that I've said. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. <laughs> Consider Sleepy Ope and her patronage. A school. Oh. Okay. Is there a collection of fish here? Bear with me for a second. (laughs) As you utter the word school, uh, you hear the grinding of stone and the statue of Sleepy Opaque grinds an unseen mechanical doodad uh, and she moves. The eyelids slowly open and the unlit torch raises towards the ceiling with its fellows. John, where would you find erotic poetry? Soho. You have 30 seconds remaining. Oh, God. Where have I not poetry? At the top shelf. Um, uh, the internet, bad places. Would you I like a know. clue with the erotic poetry in 26 seconds? Uh, it's not um, um, local Greeks. cafes, is it? 
Uh, I would suggest looking at the title of the erotic poetry. Oh, Sex and Filchides. And oh, minus the Minotaur, minus the Minotaur. And a very simple uh, sentence-based puzzle cipher. One I might have actually sneakily trailed for you last week. Uh... Uh-huh. And that's time! Yes, oh god. A smash behind you steals your attention, and you turn to see the door that you originally shoved through is being smashed in by a hundred ravening barbarians. The biggest and barbarianist runs up to John and waggles his scimitar. Have we made it before closing? Oh. You were thinking a bad accent was coming. Have we made it before closing? We've got some scrolls we need to return, and we don't want to run up another late fee. Also, have you got the new Homer in? The Iliad was an absolute dream. Real scroll turner. The barbarian herds, hordes start shucking their packs off and grabbing tattered papyri from their tunics. Barbarians are orderly... less threatening if they travelled in herds. And form an orderly queue at the librarian station. Isn't that nice that they weren't here to burn and sack the place after all? A quiet grinding sound draws your attention back as the statues of the muses slowly extend their torches, draw them back, and then fling them into the racks. Your ham-fisted puzzle-solving appears to have greatly angered the goddesses of literature, science, and the arts. Happy Opie, the patron goddess of Haynes manuals, flips you the bird. Pyrus, as you'll know, is mega flammable, and there is a mighty explosion. You dive behind a particularly thick pile of Minotaurus eroticus, escaping the blast, but watch with horror as it destroys the wall's ceiling and sets every scroll around you ablaze. A barbarian staggers groggily to his feet. I bet we'll get the blame for this, he grumbles. From the rubble, you hear the cry of a Spartan librarian. You see a mad-eyed Spartan in fussy spectacles pelting after you with a spear, even worse, he appears to have bought 299 of his friends. Spartans, what is your profession? He cries. Librarians! They respond in perfect military unison. They approach you, spears at the ready. To be continued, and you have not solved my puzzle. Okay, where did we fuck this up then? I, I'm wondering whether we should have done one or two things. Um... I'm wondering, should we have sworn at Calliope? No. Okay, my, my reasoning there was that if you took everyone that was asleep, you had Calliope, uh, Urania, and Sleepyope, that sort of spells cuss. So um, oh. that's where I was going for that. Um, I've also got um, Shit Ankathal, Ayat, Shattened, Tong, Odmore. Ah, that's interesting, Ben. How did you get to that? So uh, I took the first letter of all of the the um, minus the minotaur minus the minotaur so s h t a for sex and falchies held the ass rather than the minotaur ass um but it was a little bit too i didn't have enough time then to kind of go okay there's a cipher here what do i need to do and you you were blisteringly close blisteringly blisteringly close if you'd followed that thread to its logical end you would have got the letters S-H-A-K-E-T-H-A-L-I-A-S-H-A-N-D-O-H-G-O-D-M-O-R-E. As I said, Shat Ankathal Yat Shatand Thong More. Which shake if you put Thalia's spaces in. hand. Oh God, more. Hang on, shake. Oh, oh because minus the Minotaur. Minus As the in, Minotaur. 
as in not minus Minotaur. Yep. So it's okay. The, the title of the scroll was Minus the Minotaur. If you take the words the Minotaur out of that poem and then just uh, take a look at the first letters, oh, you get. Oh, I knew it was nonsense. I knew it was. And I queued that up um, last week when I sent a puzzle where I'd done the exact same thing in the guest book of the place we were staying um, in Lancashire uh, into the tier chat. To be honest, the one I thought that was going to really fox you was um, the uh, the Sumerian riddle because it's a genuine Sumerian riddle. It's shit, um, but I figured if I gave you the last bit, if I was just like focus on the last bit, I figured you could uh, you could probably get there. And you were so close, and you were like a library. I was like, hey, other places that people learn. And you were like, I want to go and talk to the statues again. <laughs> like, oh, I see. Okay. Okay. Um, I think so, uh, I, see, for me, if you if you pitched a bit differently, said think about. You know, not so much the places people learn, but the places people get ruined. We'd have come from school. <laughs> yeah. I, th I think uh, for some reason, we, when uh, and you said mechanical, so I shouldn't have thought any different. But when, when we lit uh, Calliope's torch and then Urania moved, I was like, there's something lifelike about these statues. That, I think that's, that, that was the problem I had. Um Oh. And, and the problem I had with minus the minotaur is quite often you'll say minus the minotaur is in like take off minotaur. That's how generally you I'd read that and not minus the minotaur, if that makes sense. I think we were just a bit too thick for this, to be honest. I, I'm Good name for a minotaur. Quite good. I thought minus it was a good name minotaur. for a minotaur. I, I was really pleased with that one. <laughs> I must admit the minus the minotaur one was a bit... I, was <laughs> I thought you guys absolutely crucified the um, the whole bit with the mirror shield. I was like, oh, I'm going to do the whole Archimedes experiment thing. And Ben was just like, I know this. <laughs> well, uh, Jamie did something similar in the museum the other week. Fuck! <laughs> really? Not setting Mike, stuff on Mike, fire. Mike, you really should was... listen to this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure he did. Weren't uh, you there? Which one are you thinking of? Uh, we were in, and there was the ships. Are you thinking the one of Revolutionary America? Maybe wasn't that? Didn't that have like some doodads where you had to bounce light? Mm, I think we had to do a bit of bounce lighting, but not like lighty focusy. No, but it was yeah. So I was like immediately, I was like, oh, we've done this recently. Oh goddamn! Well, I'm going to listen to that now. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I, mean, I, I might might be forgetting slightly. No, so so a bit of this that didn't make it into the puzzle because it would have just made it too complicated, and actually relates to the whole mechanical nature of it. Was, are you familiar with the, I think it's called the Antikyrithian machine? No. So the Greeks were basically the first people to make a computer. Oh, this is the thing that they found underground, uh, under the sea. Yeah. Oh, Antikyron, something like that. It's, it's incredible. It's like, it's it's brass cogs before cogs were cool and it works, or at least it would work. They, they reckon it would work because obviously it came out very rusted in a big lump. But yeah, they, they had the technology. Um, it was pretty amazing. And when this came out, um, it blew people's minds away. It's frightening because we we have a view of history that is just a sort of pretty pretty general progression forwards that people now live with more knowledge than people who used to live and that's just the way of the world and that that's a hard and fast rule but it's really not mm. and there's been several points in history where there's been a huge backward step and an awful lot has been lost and then takes a thousand years to recover yeah uh, and we're we're pretty much due one what is the, the sorry could you say the shakes thing again shakes thing minus the minor talk what 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 is that supposed to say when you take the first letter of each word let, ah. let me try now he said it let me try let me try so it would be s h a k e so shake t h a l i a shake thalia t 
Oh, oh no, 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 no. Okay, no. right. Yeah, no, no. S H A N D. Shan. Shake Thalia's hand. O H G O D. Oh God. M O R E. More. Oh, because that's that T, isn't there? That's, yeah, I thought I thought I'd add some more sexy minotaur times. Hence, oh God, more. Okay, yeah. No, I, I. So at the very end, and, and it was I was doing it as you were making up the ending oh um, that's tragic i would almost uh, on it but i won't the, the 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 thing that threw me was the fact that i hadn't yeah you know, like i say i was minusing minus all the minotaur uh and not ben if you if you'd said that you were doing this i might have like jumped <laughs> what, in but, but, oh what? maybe it's minus the minotaur but the first time hearing about this is after we've failed <laughs> like, oh, yeah, I this theory that almost worked but i thought i wouldn't mention it damn it <laughs> well no i because it, it for me when you when you put in the the, the t's for the um it, it made no it made literally yeah. no sense it made no sense and so and when mike said there was a cipher i was like i've got to start shifting letters around uh um, oh shit so did i, I say like, cipher uh, apologies you <laughs> did say cipher fuck sorry my bad so i was like i i yeah i i've got no no idea i was sort hurriedly looking for like numbers we've been given to like shift letters by oh fuck oh. apologies <laughs> that's my that's that's my fail that's my bad that's all right no to be, to be fair like i think the unfair bit of this was because you guys got hung up for a long time on the riddle mm. but I, I couldn't resist putting in an ancient riddle i think i think the last bit is pretty good because you're like i figure with the last bit you enter blind and leave seeing or something you know you You've so got limited the main saying optician should have been a legitimate. <laughs> yeah. Answer. The the um the whole riddle is is the answer school. Yeah. Hmm. Okay, so could you explain all the bits that are not the last sentence? <sighs> okay, no. Um okay, so no, there's um uh, This is great, Ben. This is recovering somewhere on a <laughs> Okay, no, so uh stuff about so there's this whole like philosophical guff about it with like the house being based on foundation, like the skies. It's all about like foundation of knowledge and things like that. And it this is these are things that like don't train out. Set on a base like a goose, no fucking idea whatsoever. <laughs> uh veil um like a secret box, <laughs> no idea. But one yeah. instant blind and leaves it seeing, I was like, that's the bit. And a house based on a foundation like the skies again like i feel like of this riddle michael of the four phrases only the last one meant anything and did i direct you to it pretty smartish you did you did did you you then go can i go into the engineering aisle and walk into a shelf (laughs) (laughs) why don't you try solving the riddle i think i want to go and caress the statue (laughs) what's uh yeah what's an amphora (laughs) <laughs> this is fair. What? I, I, well, I, it... I, I accept I accept full responsibility for this. This is the it's the, the host's <laughs> job to get his people through and I've I've failed you. Oh now you know how it feels. What um This is what great. The uh, Mike's never thing? had I've had this several times. Mike's never had it and I'm really enjoying the sort of the mix of pride and also shame. Yeah, I'm it's mostly shame. Just quickly, this is why I didn't like the whole like let's have negative ending things because I think I've had people almost fail. I can't remember if I have had people fail. Um, and it feels rubbish. It's like, how how have I how have I failed these people? <laughs> well, no, you haven't failed them because you know who you haven't failed? You haven't failed the audience. Because the audience <laughs> will, I guarantee you, be screaming at the car radio or wherever they're listening. 
because it's so obvious from the outside and it will be obvious from the outside. I'm dreading listening to this one, partly for my terrible attempt at Cockney, but also because I know that on listening back, the answer is going to be right in front of us and it's going to be painful hearing us orbit it like a ruined satellite. Yeah, I'll put some fun music on or something under that bit. <laughs> the Benny <laughs> Hill theme. Yeah. Um, so the good ending was very, very similar. Um, on uh, You'll be remarkable. Uh, you'll be... Um, crazy to except that you basically you escaped uh, except in this regard you haven't you're in the ruins of the library surrounded by um, Spartan librarians who are going to um, Spartan you now we have them in retrospect I do I did enjoy the 300 references yeah I, I didn't realise they might be red herrings until a bit later and I was like <laughs> surely they'll realise these are just oh no this does seem like the sort of shit I'd pull these, it, it's not important it's not important Mike, Mike sent a Mike sent a video to the WhatsApp group earlier and I was like is this going to oh, be... Oh, no, is this it? Nice? <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah, sorry. You did send me a weird text six months ago. Let me go I, and find that. I, I didn't have time to look at it either. I was like, shit, yeah. <laughs> I'm going to this blind. Like, to be fair but as now well... I am seeing. <laughs> I, did, I did add an extra five minutes on with this because I did figure it was going to be a bit more complicated um, than usual. And I maybe should have added another five on because I think with another five, you would have solved it. Um, and it was either a two rather than a three. And it's actually, it's definitely harder solving as a two rather than a three. It is. You don't, and I've observed this in real escape room teams as well. Like twos can get stuck because they, they get stuck on, in a rut on something and they don't have that third person to just come in from the outside the, and blow it up. The thing is, is that you from what that. I've seen just in this is that two people have a, a back and forth with each other and, and there's no time to think like, hmm. because you're hmm. listening to respond. And when you have a third person you have some downtime. The, the, that well, I've I've often noticed on here that that one person quietly is solves things like, in the background. Like, like Laura is a really good one because she will not say an awful lot and then be like, "I've solved it." <laughs> yeah, uh, <laughs> that's Laura in actual escape room as well. She's like a little computer. You just bring her in. Yeah, she stays silent for five minutes and then she goes sausages and like six secret doors open. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> um, and there, there are other people as well that are naturally quieter when there's three of you. And and it depends on the combination as well, because sometimes they might be one of the two uh, that are a bit talky. But If I remember rightly, Ben, I think we've been on as a pair before, and I think we were quite bad then too. I don't think we make a very good team. Next time I see you on, I will uh, decline. So thank you very much for listening. You can subscribe to us on all of your favourite apps, feeds, iTunes, and at our website, www.theinfinitescaperoom.com. Uh, you can follow us and get in touch via Facebook and Twitter at tier underscore podcast. If you enjoyed the episode, and we hope you did, then fabulous. Uh, why not order it on a custom pair of socks uh, and then just kind of um, walk around? Yes, why don't you order Minus the Minotaur, the poem, on some socks? Which will be available via our Etsy store. <laughs> if you'd like to show your support for the show uh, then you can also join our Patreon program we have a range of different doodads for it you can uh, get early release to episodes uh, unedited episodes bonus material I even did an unedited episode last time John did an unedited made episode one. we're as surprised as anybody John does unedited episodes but we just don't publish them a lot of the time because of the things that happen in the unedited episodes <laughs> Um, which is, a, a, by the way, a choice that John makes. Um, it's not something that we lightly oppose. edited episodes. <laughs> <laughs> We've all done a lightly edited episode. This is getting edited out, or is it? Um, probably not, because um, I'll forget. If you'd like to join us for a little pound a month, you can do so over at patreon.com/slash/theinfinitescape. Why didn't you just say jar? <laughs> 
Yes, why didn't you just say Jar? Not Amfonzo, Amforzo. It was an Amphora. It's very specific. <laughs> oh. Is that a kind of Jar? Yeah. A jam or something? We love you lots. We'll see you next time on the Infinite Escape Room. Bye-bye now. Bye. Bye. <laughs>